Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hi, it's Allison. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm very excited to bring this dynamic duo of Adlerian dads to you today. I'm going to be introducing and we'll be talking to uh, Dave Drazen and Brian Lewis. So let me give you a little bit of their background that they've supplied to me before we get into this conversation. First, we'll start with Dave. Dave is a father of two boys, 12 and 15, and he started taking classes with the Parent Encouragement Program, which we affectionately know as PEP. We'll learn more about that organization in our chats. Back when his kids were three and five. And here's what Dave writes. He said, I found myself yelling at my children, which resulted in both me and the kids feeling terrible. And I realized I could be doing a better job. The idea of democratic parenting that Pep espouses really resonated with me. And I found that the approach was working with my children. Over a few years, I ended up taking nearly every class that Pep offered. I started working my way up to becoming a parent educator, and I've been leading classes there since 2017. I really enjoyed working with the parents and seeing how their relationships with their kids improved the way that I knew that mine had. I supported Pep throughout the year teaching webinars, in-person classes when we had them, and then the master classes. 
I worked with all sorts of parents, but have focused in recent years around discussing how to handle problems arising with screen time. (laughs) Oh boy, that's a big one. And then his partner is uh, Dr. Brian Lewis, and he is um, a Maryland heart and rhythm cardiologist and a musician who has volunteered as a certified parent educator at the Parent Education Program, PEP, which is located in Kensington, Maryland. But again, they do a lot of virtual work. Um, So he's been there since 2011. Brian develops and leads classes and webinars in the basics of positive discipline, productive approaches to anger and power struggles. Working with a growing number of like-minded PEP dads, Brian has helped lead development of new PEP programs for dads since 2014. Brian and his wife, Catherine Reynolds-Lewis, who is the author of The Good News About Bad Behavior, I love that title, and their three kids live in Potomac, Maryland. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Great. Glad to be here. Well, you know, I saw your presentation at NASAP, which is our North American Association of uh, Adlerian Psychology, which again, uh, we have an annual conference and I'll put links to that in the show notes, but I can't remember, was it last year? I'm so lost in time since the pandemic. What what city, what year was that? It was almost a year ago. It was May of 22. And what city were we in? Uh, Northern Virginia, I think. Virginia, that's right. We were in Virginia. Yeah. And um, and I was fascinated with your presentation because it was the first time I had heard information about Adlerian psychology and parent education targeted specifically to dads. And so here you are, these two dads doing the parent education thing, you know, first as, as dads yourself trying to get educated. And then by giving back to the community, which I think is such a, a beautiful, a beautiful give back. Um, only to discover that it's a bit different in the dad world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, Brian and, and I were at NASAP, we talked a little bit around kind of where, where it led to this identification say, hey, we should focus on dads in particular. And so we had noticed, you know, as we, we kind of mentioned at NASAP, it feels odd based on my my demographic as, as a white man to say that we're kind of underrepresented. But within the PEP organization, definitely... <laughs> There was a minority of us, and that's probably the only place where we could say that. And um, we, we had found that feedback from classes that some of those dads didn't necessarily feel like comfortable in those situations talking about uh, pieces. So Brian had this idea of leading some focus groups to kind of understand where those the gaps between um, where we currently were and where we could be better serving them um, could lead to. So Brian, do you want to talk a little bit around? Yeah, I think your listeners, uh, Allison, would remember feeling either having taken parenting education or leading classes. Dads don't always see people who look like them leading the class. It's not always dads leading the class. And the other thing too is, is, you know, just turn on the TV or go to a a parenting education uh, program there's some negative portrayal of dads, you know, a little bit bumbling, um, team player B. Um, Dave has um, a, a wonderful way of reminding me that, you know, sometimes dads are portrayed as kind of the babysitter in the family. So we really were looking for ways to elevate the conversation for dads and to provide opportunities for dads to be more engaged. I mean, after all, that's the Adlerian approach is how can we empower and engage more uh, parents, more people? You know, how can we make this into more of a communal uh, contribution kind of a 
playing field. And I think the dads were feeling a little behind the eight ball, the ones that we had interviewed through focus groups. By the way, we had a colleague from the workplace who was a focus group expert, a professional at running focus groups. So he was really helpful. Dave went in getting us um, the data. We, we were able to get quite a bit of data from, especially from the dads who had never had any experience with parenting education. One thing I was really impressed was it wasn't just like you guys taught a bunch of courses and, you know, sort of said like, ah, we got to do something different. And I mean, you really went out there, did the research, did the work, um, really found out what was going, not not going wrong. That's not the right way. But, you know, what were the hurdles and how can we solve them? You did a lot of experimentation. So this is rigorous and deep, people. I was just so impressed with your commitment to getting to these answers. It was fantastic. And I'll say something, uh, Allison, is is that you know Dave is a uh, is an engineering scientist, and I'm a physician, and we really wanted more data. We had some theories, but we really wanted to understand what was what were the fears that dads had, and what were the barriers to them engaging in in PEP. Yeah, uh, thanks, Brian. You know, uh, I'll, I'll harp on that for a second here. Yeah, I'm I'm a scientist by training. Went to graduate school. Um, research, you know, spent a lot of time in that arena. And sometimes I would come to PEP and I've, and I've encountered uh, parents who've showed up to classes who have some time pushback. So, so part of my PEP experience and learning experience was uh, what you might call an N equals one experiment where I, I look within the family and I was finding that these things were working. So I knew there was a piece of this that didn't really require the rigor, um, but there's an aspect to it that, that benefited from the rigor because it allowed us to really understand the concerns of the dad community. And then we could develop content that came back to it. Now, I think when we look at what came out of it in the end, it seems self-evident when we look at the learning principles in terms of the sense of belonging, dads need to see themselves as part of the group. Uh, And uh, so it kind of made complete sense. Um, You know, we teach PEP, uh, when we had in-person classes prior to the pandemic, a lot of those classes were taught in a church and uh, you know, that church, you know, there was this environment in which dads would say, you know, I spent all day in an office environment Um, you know, and there's mothers as well who spend all day in an office environment. And those parents, when they come to a parenting class may not necessarily want to come to what might be seen as a sterile environment. So another thing that, that we had discovered was the fact of not only did they want to find educators who looked like them, um, but also they wanted to have opportunities to meet in a an area that seemed more relaxing. So we did actually our first couple uh, sessions after those focus groups at a local brewery. So, you know, dads could show up and have a beer and be in an environment where they felt like they could open themselves up and not be judged. So, Allison, I don't want to um, leave it there with the uh, fears and barriers because we really got some chunks of data Um Dads expressed fear that they would appear incapable. They did not want to be embarrassed in front of a of a mixed group. They they didn't want to be seen as less capable. And they and they had in many cases grown up in authoritarian households where the Adlerian just just even hearing about the Adlerian approach made them wonder if it was too talky and devoid of limits. And uh, and in terms of the barriers. Dave mentioned, you know, you work all day, you don't want to come work or take a class with slides or somebody talking at you. Dads were really sensitive about that. And then the other thing, which I think is more specific to dads 
themselves is they didn't really want to have an expert in front of them. They really wanted to hear, you know, this worked for somebody. Now I want to hear what you have to say about it. It was kind of like a sharing experience going around the room. You know, wow, that sounds interesting. And you're working into it lessons about Adlerian uh, concepts, but to give them the, what's the word, the underpinnings, the concepts, the conceptual, the theory didn't, didn't work very well. They didn't want to see a slide deck about that. So I give myself an F minus for my, um, for my parenting classes, uh, because again, without having any data and before watching uh, you, you folks present on what you've learned and, and your program, and we'll get into more of the details of, of how you've now shaped this. Um, I totally thought, oh, you know, I've got these educated career men who are used to going to conferences where they have high level experts with their flashy PowerPoints in a, you know, in a, so I was trying to make it look so corporate because my, the thing that I figured was, or my irritation, and I'd be interested for your feedback on this, is that the minute you call it parenting, it immediately gets made diminutive. It's like, oh, it's just parenting. Like they, they immediately think it's going to be a baby shower. It's in the realm of women. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's belittled as a topic. And yet it's like, like, can't we call it the formulation of human beings that are going to change the course of human destiny? Like that, that would sound better, but we call it parenting and, and it just is like, eh, yeah, whatever. People don't want to pay for it. They think it should be free. Um, like they, it's just, I, I feel like people just have this really crappy attitude. So I was trying to elevate it by making it look important by, you know, and, and so I did all that wrong for dads apparently. So there you go. This is why we, this is why we need to be research-based evidence space don't make assumptions bad call and I'm not, I'm not a dad so why would I know but I'm so interested too that who were the dads when you said they were worried about looking incompetent in front of their wives in front of the other men in front of the instructor who did they think was going to call that where was the fear of shame coming up there sorry I've asked you a lot of questions all in there yeah yeah I'll, so I'll start off and so I think some of it is um some of it was in front of their wives uh, or other parenting partners because I don't want to be exclusive here, right? Um, and sometimes it's other other dads. And so I think when you show up, so one of the powerful things that I realized when I first started taking uh, uh, parenting classes through PEP was this realization: I'm not alone, and all the stuff that I'm feeling is being felt by everybody else. So there's, I, I've noticed when you teach, there's a shift in the audience of this world of like people might be defensive and people want to raise their hand. And then somebody has the courage to stand up and say, you know, here's what I think. And then everyone else goes, Oh yeah, it's the same thing. And then, then you get this cascading effect. Um, and so by, by allowing just to have dads in the room, I think you kind of shorten that time period from when people start to open up. Cause they realize, Hey, it's, it's a friendly environment. Um, because I'm not going to be judged because everyone else here kind of comes from the same background. Brian, anything else you want to add there? Yeah, no, I really like the the direction of the conversation. Allison, you're bringing up like, I think it's two different things. Like what gets dads in the door? If you say to dads, you know, we're going to give you the whole conceptual framework that doesn't get them in the door. If you say to them, we're just giving you tips and we want to hear your tips, we are going to just be discussing and we want to hear your ideas. Or if, if you, if you offered them, you know, oftentimes I'll say, just tell me what to do. You know, all I need to know is, is just tell me what to do. Let's keep this concise. But after they've come in oftentimes, and I'll tell you, we did the focus groups and we were shocked. 
all we had done was have beer together and ask them questions. And they left, these were guys who had never been to a parenting class. They left saying, what a great parenting class this was. And we were, our minds were blown because it wasn't a program. It was just asking guys questions. And so that kind of became the model. We didn't want it to be unstructured. That's a danger. But if you let the conversation evolve around maybe like a movie clip or a cartoon or an example of parenting gone wrong, then people will start to engage in the conversation and you can work into it some Edlerian, you know, this is something that we find doesn't work so much in the moment, but then when you come back to it, when you're cuddling with your child at the end of the day and you say to them, gosh, you know, that didn't go very well, that conversation, I wonder what we could do better next time, what are your ideas? Suddenly the dads are really taking in a lot of parenting education, but it doesn't kind of feel like it. And it sounds group chatty. If I haven't attended one of your dad's groups, I would I would have to go in costume. I'd have to hide out with it. Uh, <laughs> um, but but it, but it sounds like it's much more dialogue um, amongst, like a book club almost, where where people are in conversation and chewing the fat on a topic rather than writing notes as the sage on the stage is trying to make three clear points on how to construct a good logical consequence. They, they, they're Perfect. like, they're storytelling, they're yeah. sharing experiences and they're extracting yeah. something from that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good way to think of it. Oh, yeah. you know, Dave and I sometimes say that it's more like radio talk show. Oh, interesting. But- well, when you do, when, when, you know, it was an interesting shift for me when we went from, especially the start of the pandemic, we had already started working on some, some online content. And then when the pandemic hit kind of shifted to this fully online, you know, mode of, of giving a webinar. And the first time I gave a webinar and, and I'm sure you've experienced this, Allison, you have a camera, you're talking into the camera and there's like absolutely zero feedback from an audience. And it's a very weird dynamic. Right. Um, so you get that kind of vibe, but, but I will say that concept of, you know, a guided conversation is important because Sometimes I am super eager to kind of spill forth this this wealth of Adlerian, um, you know, knowledge that I have um, because I want to teach people to fish as opposed to giving to the fish. You know, people show up, they want to fish, and, we, and I try to find a balance between them. And I, and I think, you know, Brian's point of getting their experiences and allowing them to share their aspects of it to say, hey, you're an important part of this conversation, and then using their examples as a well to steer or provide Adlerian context to what they're saying. Cause clearly they may or may not have had pep or Adlerian experience. So how do we present it in a way to take that and then steer the conversation in, in, in the, in the direction. Now, as an example is, you know, I'm not divorced, but we have plenty of dads who are divorced and are dealing with struggles that other dads may have experience with who can provide feedback. You know, we've had uh, gay men who've been there together uh, who have experiences that I can't relate to, Ryan can relate to, or African-American, other demographics, Hispanic as well. And so that's a nice thing when we bring them together as a group, because someone may have a question. I can't directly relate it to it, but there's another dad there. And all of a sudden we're teaching them and they're helping each other. um, And it, helps to democratize the content. I want to add something else. And, you know, Dave and I have really kind of after these programs, like we'll decompress and look back for the the past hour, like what's, what, what did we just present? And it really is the fact that with, with positive um, parenting concepts that you just can't 
you know, stop learning enough about it, like participating as a leader or a teacher or whatever you want to call it, I'm really a student. That's really what I'm there for is, is I'm really there to just try to be a better dad. And so I think that some of the things that we're talking about today with you, they may sound like, you know, kind of pitching Adlerian positive parenting in a certain way to kind of trick people into getting interested in it. That's not it at all. I think that what is more, the reality is, is that the material speaks for itself. It's such a great, powerful set of tools. And, um, and, and, and I think every time Dave and I work together, we always feel like, you know, man, I can't wait to use that with my son. You know, like, this is my way of refreshing my memory and understanding of these concepts. One more thing I wanted to say, the anger programs have been by far the most popular. And, you know, there's that level when we're talking with dads of saying, you know, when you really lose it with your kids to be able to say, you know, okay, I can see that I'm angry and I can see that this is not productive. However, let me take a break. You're modeling cooling off and let's come back to this in 10 or 15 minutes after you and I've had a chance to take a break from this and cool down because I really care to hear what's important to you and, and, and what we're disagreeing about and how we can move forward. So that's like a packed script. That's a script that has so many Adlerian positive parenting concepts in it. And for Dave and me, then we would ourselves be very interested to like get into the conceptual, get into the theory, you know, which pieces of that were what, but that may be beyond the scope of a dad's program. A dad's program, it may just be, you know, talk through the scripting of it and people are going to write it down or they're going to memorize it and they're happy with it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But to your point, though, like that's why that's why it goes all the way up to to master classes, right? I mean, it's like learning yeah. Stoic philosophy or yeah. whatever, whatever faith big the Talmud or something, where you go back to this stuff over yeah. and over again, and you learn it deeper and richer and deeper and richer, and you you can exercise knowing it and doing it are two separate things. I think we all yeah. know that. <laughs> I know what I'm supposed to do when I'm angry. Do I actually pull it off when I'm angry? Not so sure. Um, so so you pep can, leadership wherever has, you're at, it's okay. I think the PEP leadership has asked the question, are these dads programs kind of entry points that invite dads who wouldn't ordinarily be that interested? And then they may be interested in a little bit 
more traditional class. And do, so do, do you I'm either it just um, observe it, observation or data? Has that been your case that they come, they take it, they take a dad's class and they're like, finally, I'm hanging with other dads. We're talk, we're sharing our stories and our frustrations. We're picking up some ideas of how to make things better and it's working. I'm having a beer. It's a good night out. I'm making some new guy friends. Uh, maybe I'll take the next class. Maybe I'll, I think so. does it, does it feed in? Do they, do they go on or do they go? That was good enough. I'm, I'm, I just want to go back for, I don't know. Dave, what do you think? Do they, do they, do they continue on? I don't have those demographics directly in front of me. I have seen uh, repeat folks coming back. Um, And I think like Brian said, there's this, uh, you expose them to the concepts and you bring them in. And um, I'll just kind of, you know, one of the things that I've seen is, you know, we talked about anger before, you know, part of my parents uh, were not Adlerians, um, but a lot of the democratic parenting philosophies, they, espoused. Um, my father, you know, was quick to, to anger and still sometimes, you know, is. And so I originally had preferred it to that model and, and I had discovered, hey, this is not working. So I always find that anger is a great entryway too for dads because stereotypically that's typically how we respond to um, uh, that input. So anyways, I will see people who show back up and you can kind of see these people, at least from the in-person classes, the way that they interact with them. I have a little bit less insight from the webinars because there is a distancing between them because I just see a name on a Zoom screen and some questions. Uh, the master class is a little bit more so um, because they'll come back. Um, but I definitely do think we, we are getting retention and, and I think we're educating and we're also broadening the diversity of the dads who are providing the content. So we have some dads who are Hispanic. Um, we actually have a, one who's working with the Latino community and providing uh, classes in Spanish. We have African-American dads, uh, dads with a variety of different backgrounds. Um, so it's not just folks like Brian and I, which I think helps with that retention because people are showing up and saying, hey, I see somebody who has my life experiences there who can help me navigate uh, my challenges. I think it's both, Allison. I think there are barriers and fears that don't go away. I think that that some of this is very baked in, you know, dads who really don't want to be told what to do, how to how to how to um, you know um, have better relationships in the home because they feel like, you know, I'm I'm completely open to hearing more tips, and uh, you know I'd love to hear what works for you, but you know, at, at the heart of it, I think some dads feel like, you know, I know my kid, I know my kid better than, you know, my kid. And, um, and that's not just dads, you know, there's a lot of parents who, uh, I think would be more open to, um, hearing what worked for you, what might work for them, as opposed to the sage on the stage approach. Yeah. And I, and I would all, I would add, I feel like I'm I'm repeating myself multiple times here, but it's that having a dad in that scenario relates to the parent way more. So like, I know that if I stood up and somebody, you know, a totally different demographic than me trying to tell me what to do is just hard. Right. (laughs) Because it's just like, I, again, you don't know what worked for you is not going to work for me because you clearly don't have the peace. And and in the part, part about, this approach is that it's universal. I mean, it applies to so many different situations and helping them understand that, yes, no, even though we come from different backgrounds, 
you know, once they get through that barrier, I think if they come more open to saying, I will take this class or I will take that class and I will take this other class. And it doesn't have to be a dad's driven thing because I realize now that um, it will apply to me, even if those presenting um, haven't got me. As, as part of their journey, because I was just about to yeah. say, like, do women like to be told what to do? Do women want to sage on the stage? I mean, how much research have we done about what might be changing for moms as well? I mean, I'm not sure they've looked at you've done the focus groups, you've done the research. I'm not sure we've done we've I'm not sure that we haven't gone back and done that with the moms. Maybe it's time to reinvestigate what moms like and don't like and what methods they like and don't like. Maybe it could could be a little eye opener for us now that you're saying it. No, I, I definitely think so. But like I said, you know, I feel like when we look at the end of it, it was the idea of, hey, you want somebody who looks like you and has a similar background as you, you know, helping to share this material to build a connection with you so you can understand that, yes, this will work for me. Seems to make, you know, perfect sense when I think about it. So I would imagine that, you know, the same thing would apply to a whole variety of different um, demographics. You know, even if you just look at dads versus mother, fathers versus mothers, and then you kind of start to parse it out from there. You know, Allison, one of the reminders that struck me working with dads is that it, it's really hard to make time at the end of the day for attending a program. It's hard to get kid care lined up. It's just the same for, for dads and moms. You know, these were kind of big barriers. Um, how do I make time for this? But then again, I think when people start to realize the value of some of these approaches, um, they really want to make the time for it. And they find, you know, it's like anything, you know, you can find the time to do things that you really, really care about. So. Yeah. So it's interesting about um, the, again, change with keeping up with what modern family life is like and how busy p parents were parent education back in the day, a standard Illyrian parenting program would be a 12 week program. If I tried to put a 12 week program out into the marketplace, it'd be like, no way you were going to commit to a Wednesday night for 12 weeks in a row. Like no way. And 12 became 10 and 10 became eight and eight became six, six became four. Like, I mean, it's just like, oh, it's, <laughs> you know, and, and then the world changed because we went online and, and that meant you didn't have to travel. Um, like it's, it, and you could watch things non-continuous so you could get the recording. And it's just been so amazing how we've had to morph and how we've had to change with, with, with busy family life um, and how people want to receive information. But that's, you know, to, I'm, I'm so grateful for the fact that you, instead of me just guessing and putting products out into the marketplace and seeing what my registration rate is, you guys took the time to say, what does this really look like? And what I'm hearing is that dads kind of really want to be together. <laughs> and um, I, and I, would have, I would have thought that it's hard enough to pitch parenting to dads. I would have thought a dad group on parenting might sound a little bit too soft science, like a drumming group. And I thought that would have been even worse. But somehow you guys have hit in the sweet spot. Like, so how do you market it? Like, how, how do you, what do you say to those dads that have no idea? So they don't think like, oh, I'm going to some huggy, feely guys group to talk about emotions around parenting because <laughs> I, think I, th I think one of the surprises that uh, Dave and I found was that um, if we titled the program dad share advice then it didn't sound like you're coming here to learn we're all coming here to learn and I, I think there's something in those words that gives away 
the the it's the it's the uh, aspiration that we all have to yes to be in community and yes to see people who look like us and yes to learn from each other and then Dave and I are thinking in the back of our minds man this curriculum stuff it's just so good how can we give it away like we want to share this stuff so dad's share advice i think it, it's got kind of the balance between the two do you have handouts and, and books that they read or is it pure conversation? It could easily be pure conversation without any slides, without any handouts. I'm always like hoping people will take a, a one pager from me, but they don't always do that. Because, I mean, there's just so much depth to the Adlerian parenting concepts. As opposed yeah. to te teaching teachers, teachers always, do I, do I have a handout? Do I get a handout? Teachers always want handouts. Teachers want handouts. Dads, not, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, handouts, handouts are useful to kind of, you know, remind people. Um, but, you know, one of the reasons I ended up getting so involved within PEP uh, was because I needed a way to help reinforce the concepts on a regular basis and that I found that when I took a class in the interleaving time between the class, like my Adlerian-ness or my peppiness would decrease and I needed to recharge it. And so there's a little bit of a selfish nature of why I volunteer because it helps me, um, you know, be a better parent myself. Um, so I feel like the handouts help, but when you lose it in the context, it's just like, it's too focused. So I find them useful to guide a conversation, um, but it's way more dynamic and I get more value from where we get a lot of interactions. So I will say, I think some of the success is uh, Brian and I, we have a lot of fun when we do these uh, things. Uh, I like to interject jokes and I, I try very hard every time we have a new webinar to find new jokes and not to use any of them so I can pull them on Brian in the heat of the moment when he doesn't realize it. So for example, why, Brian, why did the clam murder the oyster? Ooh, why? shellfish reasons i love it i love it so, so dave dave's right on allison so dave is describing the, our motivation dave and my motivation is is just to be better parents that's why we agreed to be on your show today because we knew that we would meet this week in the evening and go over slides and one pagers to get ready for your podcast today and that was our recharge and today's our recharge and you'll yeah. be so and listen my parents would say the same thing they're like they would notice the erosion of my skills and then they would say mom don't you think it's time to teach another class yeah. <laughs> would like, i mean and besides like you know i don't think dr drikers would like that mom i mean they got very yeah. educated on the fact of what was good parenting and what wasn't and they were quite happy to turn that on me um but but i i, I love that and I, want, I really want parents and parent educators to hear this what you just said if i'm and make correct me if i'm wrong but we are all charged with being given the task of social interest to give back what we know. And if you're waiting to be the most educated in the room because you think you can't be a parent educator because you don't know everything yet or you haven't started yet or you've only taken so many courses or somebody knows more than you do, so therefore you're not, that would be the last thing that either Adler or Drikers would have wanted. They were always like, get out there, give back. You don't have the, the philosophy is is holds the content. You're the facilitator. You're the community joiner. You're you're the our, our role is not to be is not to be that expert. You know, um, so give back immediately. Take a class, give a class. 
Yeah. So I actually, I both men, actually both men said, are jonesing to, to get to get in on this. Okay, you'll both have your turn. Go ahead. I, Thanks, I, I have actually said to our to our staff, I'm going to say on the webinar that the curriculum says for me to do this, but I kind of feel a little different about it. And that puts me more in student mode where I feel the most comfortable. I don't feel like, you know, well, here's what you should do is very Adlerian. I think you're really onto something there, Allison. We're all kind of trying to put these concepts to work and we're all learning all the time. May it never end. I mean, the minute you think you've learned everything, I want to run away from you. That's, that scares me. The someone who thinks that they know everything, the capital T truth, and they've got it all figured out, that's a scary proposition. I hope we're growing all the time. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Sorry, I cut you off there. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I think my, my, my get frustrated with my, my passion for lifelong learning. I'm always interested in, in new things. But I will say, it's this kind of, the, the idea of the courage to be imperfect. Um, and I, I will admit that when I showed up to NASEP, I had two two presentations I gave. One was this one with Brian around the, the dads and parenting, and the other was on screen time. And uh, I felt like I didn't belong in a sense, right? I, I was like, I came into this being like, what am I doing, right? I'm used to going to scientific conferences and standing up in a room of all these peers. And and then we sit down and Brian, I give this talk and you, you're you sitting in on our talk and it's like, what, what, what are we going to be able to, to, to share and communicate? And it quickly came to that realization of one, that Illyrian uh, space is really welcoming. And if, and if there's any place you want to walk into a room and feel like I'm not really confident, I'm just going to go for it. Like that's the place to, to do it. Um, and that opportunity of like, Hey, I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to try and we're going to, we're going to see what happens um, can be very empowering and encouraging. And so to me, I've benefited directly and I want to help uh, other parents, you know, learn that. And so me teaching the concepts and working with, parents on different problems or concerns that they have um, helps me kind of solidify the ideas because it's one thing to sit and listen. Second one to internalize it. And by talking through and working with others and providing suggestions. And even as somebody who's been thinking about this for 10 years, um, there are times when I'll pick up the phone and I'll talk to Brian. I'll talk to other friends of mine, uh, my friend, Seth, uh, or other educators within PEP to say, Hey, I'm struggling with an issue right now because I'm so close to it, it's helpful to have somebody else come and look at it. So even those that have been doing it for a really long time still rely on others for input. So we're always learning. Allison, I think there's a misconception sometimes about learning uh, how to be a better parent. I think I think that sometimes the misconceptions include that it's more talky or that there's less limits or that you just try harder and you're a better parent. And I think those are kind of dangerous assumptions about, you know, really some opportunities here. There's some really great opportunities. I always say about the anger curriculum that we're, we're always kind of bringing back is that it's an aspirational way of looking at when you would otherwise be very toxic. You know, you get really, really hot under the collar about something and you don't know why. And next thing you know, you're yelling at your kids and it's not a matter of just trying to be a better parent in that situation. There are specific techniques that you've written about, Allison. You've written about them beautifully in your books. Other people have written about them beautifully in their books. And I would encourage people, you know, it's not just a matter of being kinder or trying harder. That's a misconception in my, in my, in my view. It's really getting into some of these techniques and learning them. You know, we always say about the anger curriculum, 
the reason why you find yourself in these situations is because you really care about something that's happening in your family. You'll never get angry at people that you don't care about or about things that you don't have passion about. So here's the thing. Let's find a way, an Adlerian positive parenting way to express your needs, a, a way to express that passion, a way to collaborate, cooperate, you know, have family meetings, a way to get your kids' ideas on how to solve this problem that's making you feel you would otherwise be toxic. You would otherwise be screaming at them. Okay, let's change that. And so I think, you know, one of the ideas that comes up in the dad's programs is, are we all just, you know, kind of going to just try harder? And I don't think that's true at all. I don't think that being nicer is positive parenting. I think it's getting into these concepts, reading a good book, taking a good class, understanding what, you know, Allison, your books are really easy to read. I, I find that they refresh my understanding of these really challenging. If you're, if it's not challenging being a parent, you're not doing it right. It's yeah. gotta be challenging. It's really hard. Well, and you know, I, so I, I do want to share a story on the other end of that spectrum. So you're talking about how the anger can come in and how that's uh, that's a, a commonality and how to unpack that. Um, the one time I really did do a, a, a men's only group was actually at a, at a prison. And um, they had me come in. These dads were in there. Uh, these were light charges, DUIs and, and things like this. And they had a really hard time not being permissive with their kids because they felt so apologetic that they had created such stress on their families that they didn't want to set a boundary or a limit because they were still holding all this guilt and grief about how everybody um, had to shoulder this, you know, terrible situation of them being incarcerated for this time. And so that they couldn't tell their kid, like, use your table manners, or they couldn't say, you need to go to bed because I only get to see you on certain. And it, it was very eye-opening for me to, to see, you know, their, their storyline, their, their, their narrative of what that was like. I didn't represent them at the, at the front of the room, but I did give them, and my publisher gave them all free copies of my books. And they said, they never get gifts. They were so touched to be given a gift and that to, to be given the gift of time, they were just really, really needed to feel cared for and seen. And, and it was, it was, a, it was one of my most very, very special parent education moments for me. Yeah. It's really special. So I wanted to share that with you guys since you work in the dad world. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I like to tell people, I'm moving my hands here. Can't see it if you're listening, but uh, this seesaw concept, right? And, and so a lot of times when we talk through our classes, we talk through this democratic parenting model and it's like, you know, authoritarian on one end of the spectrum and, and permissive on the other side. And I like to think of it as a seesaw. So you have sometimes if you, if you go to the authoritarian side, then you feel guilty and you switch over to the permissive side. And then you say, I need to be stronger. You go to the guilty side. And it's like, well, Hey, you can sit in the middle and you can be kind and firm. And I know that you've probably experienced this, but there's always this pushback originally, and it may come more with that stereotypical view of dads as the taskmaster or, you know, this, this, this rigid figure of being like, if I act that way, my children, there's going to be no limits. They're going to run all over me and they're going to control it. And it takes time for people to see that no reality, if you can be kind and firm, you can get cooperation, you can get buy-in, and you can build that connection um, that allows you to have a wonderful relationship with your children um, and, and helps them 
be better people and, and you yourself. And to me, that's kind of the power here. And it's that translation of saying, you got to stick with it for a little bit to see it. Cause I can't tell you being kind and firm work because you might, you have to experience it to really kind of let it sink in. And I think that's the power of the group to your yep. point, because somebody's going to say, I found the sweet spot of, of firm and friendly that I've never, I didn't experience it in my childhood. Uh, I didn't really get what that looked like, but I tried that this week and now I'm whatever I'm a, I'm a month into my kids packing their own lunches or uh, some other win or success that they have. And hearing hearing that person light up and share their story that's a month into it. And you're the person who's only on day one of trying that and, and seeing what that's like. That's everything. That's, that's, that's the personal testimonial uh, of success. It's like no other. Yeah. yeah. Dave likes to say, you know, offer to the dads to show up, try something new, see how it works. I always like to say, you don't need to be fixed. You've got tools your tools are like golf clubs in a bag. You're already doing so many things that work. But tonight we're going to talk about maybe adding another golf club to the bag. And then you try that tool and you see if it works. And I think that what's been kind of a relief to parents, not just dads, is, you know, in the old days, people would tell their kids, do it because I said so. That's the reason to do it. And, you know, in an Adlerian uh, uh, context, we want to figure out what is, what does a kid need to learn to do to get along in life? It's not because I said so. I'm not asking you to do this because I said so. I'm ex explaining to you, sharing with you how people might negotiate that situation. How do you, you know, pay for food when you forgot your credit card in the restaurant? How do you, you know, work with your teacher in school because they're frustrated with you for one reason or another, and you've got to figure out how to collaborate with them. Um, these are needs of the situation, not, not because, do it because I said so. And I think for a lot of parents, that's a relief to you know come to an understanding that these new tips are taking you in a direction of empowering your kids in a little bit different way than when you grew up and your parents said, do this because I said so. Yeah, I want to add it. I want to add on to that. So um, I, I know a lot of times, especially when we have you know any parent, but dads in particular, show up and say, I've been parenting this way for a really long time. Say they have a teenager, right? I'm recognizing that the relationship I have with my child is not now, is not the relationship I want with my child in the future. How do I build a better relationship? And how are they going to react when I start doing something differently, especially if you had a very authoritarian style and you're shifting to a uh, more democratic style? So hopefully, you know, we'll have some dads listening in here. And so part of that, what I, what I always tell people is to say, I think it's OK to tell people, you know, I want to improve my job as a parent. Right. And there's things that I need to do and there's things that you do. And we have this relationship and democratic parenting allows for this equal sharing of opinions. But not everybody is equal in terms of how we decide. But to say to somebody, I'm learning, we're going to try some stuff, you know, and, and if it doesn't work. We're going to come back together and have a conversation and figure out what does get to work. And if you go back to the idea of the, the courage to be imperfect is hugely important here. Because if we come into the, the idea of like, I have to be a perfect parent and I'm going to do all these things perfectly, 
then you're never going to get to perfection A. And if you did, you're gonna, it's going to be entirely discouraging because everybody else in that relationship is going to be struggling as they go along. And they're like, well, if it's so easy for them and it's not easy for me, then I may as well just give up. And, and so I think that it's, it's ideal if, you, if you're like, I don't know what to do. I have a general idea. And I also tell parents too, you know, if you yell at your kids and we talk about techniques that you can use rather than yelling in, in those types of situations, and you walk into the situation and you sit there and you say to yourself, I shouldn't be yelling right now. And then you start yelling like that's a huge step forward because you're starting to internalize. And at some point you'll recognize those triggers and you'll be able to say, I shouldn't yell right now. And then you'll take a different tact and then you'll remove yourself from the situation. You'll come back when the time is appropriate and you'll be able to actually tackle the problem in a respectful way. And you move away from the yelling and the arguing and the fighting. Um, and those things take time. And so it's okay to kind of not be perfect um, because you're improving. And like we talked about earlier, it's this continual learning piece. Yeah. Com com oh. Compassion, compassion, compassion for our journey, right? Because it gets uncomfortable when you learn stuff and you're not able to expedite it quite yet. Um, but, um, but that's the way forward. And, and, and that's, that takes a lot of group support to say, Hey, that's okay. You know, you're, you're doing exactly what the journey is. You're doing the work that needs to be done. Sorry, Dave. Yeah. I was just going to say, can you, can oh, you read? I was just going to say that uh, I think one of the sweet spots that we're always aiming for is when people start to see that there's new ways to try things, you know, we're going to see what works. And when dads or moms find ways that work for them with their kids, those approaches, those positive parenting approaches, listening, you know, active listening skills, those are going to work really well in leadership at work. They're really going to work well in your marriage. I think that, you know, it's that sweet spot that we're all aspiring to with learning to be better parents that suddenly all of these lessons become ways to be a better spouse, to be a better coworker, to be a better manager. That, that I think, can be a really strong pull for dads to, to think about, you know, we're not just talking about parenting here. We're talking about the whole, you know, the whole world. So. I, 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 oh, so I'm so glad you said that. And again, if we said that this was about human relationships, you know, people will pay, you know, $10,000 speaker fees for the person who talks about how to build teams at work. But the minute you say that, how do you get your siblings to get along at home? They go, oh, that's a parenting talk. Yeah, that's going to be like uh, in, in ballroom C and, you know, pay them the minimum fees. <laughs> it drives me crazy. We have good information. Well, we can, we to be valued. If we can figure out how to get to that $10,000 speaker fee, then uh, sign me up. Okay, yeah. Uh, All right. We'll start a speakers yeah. bureau when we tell people we're changing the world. What do you want to pay for that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then because uh, we do a lot of positive positive stuff in the world with that that kind of money so um uh, hey listen i want to make sure i know you've got other commitments so i want to make sure we've, we've had a, such a good conversation about the research and what you guys have learned and implemented and how you're supporting dads um takeaways whether you are a dad you're teaching dads as i am so i got to do some things differently um but uh is there anything that you'd feel that we weren't complete in this conversation if we if we didn't uh didn't get it out right now I think I think remember that when you're on the right track, it's going to be fun. I mean, Dave and I have so much fun doing this stuff together. You know, oftentimes we do a program and then we look back and we say, 
you know, the night that we got together and we planned it, that was really fun. I, yeah. I, I love people, please. Yes, I love that. Build it because you need it. I love it. Yeah. Dave, you, how about you? Yeah, I was just going to say that both to parents, uh, you know, fathers in particular that and, and educators, you know, there's a community of like-minded people out there. So whether it comes from a Lyrian background or similar who, you know, are here, want to help you, are willing to help, um, they learn from it, They you benefit and don't think about the year alone. And that there's this whole great community of people out there ready and willing to assist. Yeah, it's why I really want people to put the word Adlerian in all their stuff, because people that start to understand like, oh, I think I'm Adlerian. I didn't know I was Adlerian, but then I took a class and I think I'm Adlerian. And then they say, where else are there Adlerian things? And then we have trouble because we have positive discipline and we have step parenting. We have all these things that don't use the word Adlerian. So it's hard to find. We're hard to find. We need to I think we need to get better at branding in a way that we all can can find each other more easily that's one of my little side my little side pursuits but folks if you have not explored the world of pep again in person or online um so many resources so many classes you know they really have high 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 quality lyrian content and you two men are proof of that um can let me throw it back to you where can people find you follow you keep the conversation going outside of today's podcast yeah, so pepparent.org is is our website. I'm sure you put the link in the show notes. I will, um, yeah. That's the opportunity where we have a lot of articles. Uh, there are some free webinars on there. There's uh, paid webinars that have been recorded in the past that Brian and I have given. I uh, get access to ones that are upcoming. Um, a lot of content that's available, even if you don't live in the Washington, D.C. region, uh, where we typically hold those uh, in-person ones. I don't have a lot of parenting-related content on my you know, my limited social media interaction. Um, it's probably, I do it through PEP, um, but that's a great resource. And right. Allison, I was going to say, you know, we're always interested, Dave and I are always interested to talk with people who are interested in dad's programming. So I, I would say that if, you know, folks out there are already in the area of offering programming, um, I think that to to extend that to dads is not difficult and there are, based on our experience, some simple modifications that can be made that make the programming more accessible and more successful for engaging dads. And so we can connect them with Pep, connect them with you. If yeah, I want, I'm on Facebook. Yep. They're okay. Well, we'll put we'll put up those links. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking about that, you need or want to contribute and do a give back to your community about the importance of parent education. And you know that you need a community uh, that you want to reach dads. These two have the expert. Oh, oh, not the expertise, not the sage on the stage. These folks <laughs> are happy to share in community what they have learned and want to learn what you're doing. But I would tell everybody just just get just get going. We all have we all have value to share. Just get going. That's the Adlerian message. I, I thank you two gentlemen for for what you do, the generosity of heart and spirit that you 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 pay forward to others. And um, I cannot wait until we get together in in, in Denver. Are you going to Denver? You tell us where to go. We'll just meet you there, Allison. <laughs> yeah, like working with I, you. I'll be in Denver at NASAP. We'll do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I unfortunately won't be able to make uh, NASAP this year. Um, but uh, I am now a card-carrying member, so hopefully oh, we'll have well, next. So. Darn for Denver, but yay till the next one. Absolutely. We'll okay. be following you, Allison. We're big fans. Oh, likewise, it's mutual. Thank you. Appreciate Take it. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 
As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.